Section 10 of an essay concerning human understanding. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Malone. An essay concerning human understanding by John Locke of simple ideas of diverse senses, of simple ideas of reflection, of simple ideas of both sensation and reflection. Chapter 5. Of simple ideas of diverse senses, ideas received both by seeing and touching. The ideas we get by more than one sense are, of space or extension, figure, rest, and motion. For these make perceivable impressions, both on the eyes and touch, and we can receive and convey into our minds the ideas of the extension, figure, motion, and rest of bodies, both by seeing and feeling. But having occasion to speak more at large of these in another place, I here only enumerate them. Chapter 6. Of Simple Ideas of Reflection Simple ideas are the operations of mind about its other ideas. The mind receiving the ideas mentioned in the foregoing chapters from without, when it turns its view inward upon itself, and observes its own actions about those ideas it has, takes from thence other ideas, which are as capable to be the objects of its contemplation as any of those it received from foreign things. The idea of perception, an idea of willing, we have from reflection. The two great and principal actions of the mind, which are most frequently considered, and which are so frequent that every one that pleases may take notice of them in himself, are these two perception or thinking, and volition or willing. The power of thinking is called the understanding, and the power of volition is called the will, and these two powers or abilities in the mind are denominated faculties. Of some of the modes of these simple ideas of reflection, such as are remembrance, discerning, reasoning, judging, knowledge, faith, and so on, I shall have occasion to speak hereafter. Chapter 7 Of Simple Ideas of Both Sensation and Reflection 1. Ideas of Pleasure and Pain There be other simple ideas which convey themselves into the mind by all the ways of sensation and reflection, namely, pleasure or delight, and its opposite, pain or uneasiness, power, existence, unity, mixed with almost all our other ideas. 2. Delight or uneasiness. One or other of them join themselves to almost all our ideas, both of sensation and reflection, and there is scarce any affection of our senses from without, any retired thought of our mind within, 
which is not able to produce in us pleasure or pain. By pleasure and pain I would be understood to signify whatsoever delights or molests us, whether it arises from the thoughts of our minds or anything operating on our bodies. For whether we call it satisfaction, delight, pleasure, happiness, and so on, on the one side, I, or uneasiness, trouble, pain, torment, anguish, misery, and so on, the other, they are still but different degrees of the same thing, and belong to the ideas of pleasure and pain, delight or uneasiness, which are the names I shall most commonly use for these two sorts of ideas. 3. As Motives of Our Actions The infinite wise author of our being, having given us the power over several parts of our bodies to move or keep them at rest as we think fit, and also by the motion of them to move ourselves and other contiguous bodies in which consist all the actions of our body, having also given a power to our minds in several instances to choose amongst its ideas which it will think on and to pursue the inquiry of this or that subject with consideration and attention, to excite us to these actions of thinking and motion that we are capable of, has been pleased to join to several thoughts and several sensations a perception of delight. If this were wholly separated from all our outward sensations and inward thoughts, we should have no reason to prefer one thought or action to another, negligence to attention or motion to rest and so we should neither stir our bodies nor employ our minds, but let our thoughts, if I may so call it, run adrift, without any direction or design, and suffer the ideas of our minds, like unregarded shadows, to make their appearances there, as has happened, without attending to them, in which state man, however furnished with the faculties of understanding and will, would be a very idle, inactive creature, and pass his time only in a lazy, lethargic dream. It has therefore pleased our wise Creator to annex to several objects, and the ideas which we receive from them, as also to several of our thoughts, a concomitant pleasure, and that in several objects, to several degrees, that those faculties which he had endowed us with might not remain wholly idle and unemployed by us. 4. An End and Use of Pain Pain has the same efficiency and use to set us on work that pleasure has, we being as ready to employ our faculties to avoid that, as to pursue this. Only this is worth our consideration, that pain is often produced by the same objects and ideas that produce pleasure in us. This their near conjunction, which makes us often feed pain in the sensations where we expected pleasure, gives us new occasion of admiring the wisdom and goodness of our Maker, 
who, designing the preservation of our being, has annexed pain to the application of many things to our bodies, to warn us of the harm that they will do, and as advices to withdraw from them. But he, not designing our preservation barely, but the preservation of every part and organ in its perfection, hath in many cases annexed pain to those very ideas which delight us. Thus heat, that is very agreeable to us in one degree, by a little greater increase of it proves no ordinary torment. And the most pleasant of all sensible objects, light itself, if there be too much of it, if increased beyond a due proportion to our eyes, causes a very painful sensation, which is wisely and favorably so ordered by nature that when any object does, by the vehemency of its operation, disorder the instruments of sensation, whose structures cannot but be very nice and delicate, we might by the pain be warned to withdraw before the organ be quite put out of order, and so be unfitted for its proper function for the future. The consideration of those objects that produce it may well persuade us that this is the end or use of pain. For though great light be insufferable to our eyes, yet the highest degree of darkness does not at all diseas them, because that, causing no disorderly motion in it, leaves that curious organ unarmed in its natural state. But yet excess of cold, as well as heat, pains us, because it is equally destructive to that temper which is necessary to the preservation of life, and the exercise of the several functions of the body, and which consists in a moderate degree of warmth, or, if you please, a motion of the insensible parts of our bodies confined within certain bounds. 5. Another End Beyond all this, we may find another reason why God hath scattered up and down several degrees of pleasure and pain in all the things that environ and affect us, and blended them together in almost all that our thoughts and senses have to do with, that we, finding imperfection, dissatisfaction, and want of complete happiness in all the enjoyments which the creatures can afford us, might be led to seek it in the enjoyment of him with whom there is fullness of joy, and at whose right hand are pleasures for evermore. 6. Goodness of God in annexing pleasure and pain to our other ideas. Though what I have here said may not, perhaps, make the ideas of pleasure and pain clearer to us than our own experience does, which is the only way that we are capable of having them, yet the consideration of the reason why they are annexed to so many other ideas serving to give us due sentiments of the wisdom and goodness of the sovereign disposer of all things, may not be unsuitable to the main end of these inquiries, the knowledge and veneration of him being the chief end of all our thoughts 
and the proper business of all understandings. 7. Ideas of Existence and Unity Existence and unity are two other ideas that are suggested to the understanding by every object without and every idea within. When ideas are in our minds, we consider them as being actually there, as well as we consider things to be actually without us, which is that they exist or have existence, and whatever we can consider as one thing, whether a real being or idea, suggests to the understanding the idea of unity. 8. Idea of Power Power also is another of those simple ideas which we receive from sensation and reflection. For, observing in ourselves that we do and can think, and that we can, at pleasure, move several parts of our bodies which were at rest, the effects also that natural bodies are able to produce in one another, occurring every moment to our senses, we, both these ways, get the idea of power. 9. Idea of Succession Besides these, there is another idea which, though suggested by our senses, yet is more constantly offered to us by what passes in our minds, and that is the idea of succession. For if we look immediately into ourselves, and reflect on what is observable there, we shall find our ideas always, whilst we are awake, or have any thought, passing in a train, one going and another coming, without intermission. 10. Simple Ideas, the Materials of All Our Knowledge These, if they are not at all, are at least, as I think, the most considerable of those simple ideas which the mind has, out of which is made all other knowledge. All which it receives only by the two forementioned ways of sensation and reflection. Nor let any one think these two narrow bounds for the capacious mind of man to expatiate in, which takes its flight further than the stars and cannot be confined by the limits of the world, that extends its thoughts often even beyond the utmost expansion of matter, and makes excursions into that incomprehensible inane. I grant all this, but desire any one to assign any simple idea which is not received from one of those inlets before mentioned, or any complex idea not made out of those simple ones. Nor will it be so strange to think these few simple ideas sufficient to employ the quickest thought or largest capacity, and to furnish the materials of all that various knowledge and more various fancies and opinions of all mankind. If we consider how many words may be made out of the various composition of twenty-four letters, or if, going one step further, we will but reflect on the variety of combinations that may be made with barely one of the above-mentioned ideas, namely number, 
whose stock is inexhaustible and truly infinite, and what a large and immense field doth extension alone afford the mathematician. End of section 10 Reading by Malone